welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. We took last week off to celebrate the Little General's birthday, but this week on Pitmaster, we have Justin McGlon with Lucky's Q. Winner of Sam's Club, King of the Smokers, and countless other awards, Lucky's one of the best guys you'll meet in barbecue. A great podcast here with a great purchase for under $100 that will save you tons. Fantastic interview coming up. Please join me in welcoming Justin McGlon. All right, so we're here with Justin McGlon, otherwise known as Lucky from Lucky's Q. What's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you doing, Luke? I'm good, man. I'm good. Cooked the contest this weekend, played a little golf. What'd you do? Froze. It's cold <laughs> up here. <laughs> yes, it was in the in the minus numbers in Iowa this weekend, so it was uh, kind of fun texting you pictures of the golf course. That was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah other people in florida didn't help either <laughs> no, those those people are really mean it was still cold where i played golf but uh you know it it's funny when i think about how you and i met we didn't really meet until we were next to each other or until we played golf at king of the smokers that was pretty fun and we i believe we won that day against blaine and eric yeah there's no it wasn't even close <laughs> I'd love to have that rematch someday as I just think that, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think about, when I think about you, two things come to mind. One is that you were a co-conspirator in the Darren Warth bourbon switch with the black velvet. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. That was uh, hilarious. And number two, you've you've provided one of the good luck trinkets in the OVS trailer. Um, one of the old school calendars that they stick on truck dashboards that have naked women on it. You gave me one of those. And it's been in our trailer ever since. And uh, I'll share with the listeners that today I get this envelope in the mail from Iowa and I got an updated calendar. It was one of the best mornings I've had in a long time getting the mail. I was like, this is fantastic. So I just wanted to publicly thank you for that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's good. You enjoy it so much. Uh, it's hard to get those, by the way, you know. <laughs> no, yeah. And, you know, we were texting around with other people and they were like, I can't believe they still make those. And I was like, yeah, I can't either. But I know where exactly where this is going. <laughs> And it's never out. Nobody ever sees it. I'm the only one oh. that knows where it is. So <laughs> that maybe was too weird. But uh, let's get into some barbecue stuff, man. You've been cooking a long time. You've won a lot of cool stuff. What's the biggest turning point in your life as a pit master? I think the biggest turning point for us was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't the Sam's Club win. I mean, that was in 2012. We had a good year that year, but I think before that was, um, we went out to Vegas. Um, I met some guy on a stump smokers form and we went out to Vegas and the ACM throwdown. I was like, oh, let's go cook it. We had about 42 people along with us. I remember, you know, one of those things, big party town, everyone having fun. And we cooked this contest. We came in reserve to um, uh, slap your daddy by four ten thousandths of a point. <laughs> and and it was funny because you know it was in the spring so then we uh we came back home and uh big t's and uh tippy canoe were doing the cornbread class 
And I remember to this day, Ryan going, you know, I was just pretty good friends with him, you know, just getting to know him pretty well. And he said, uh, I don't think you need to be taking this class, <laughs> you know, and from then on, it was kind of one, you know, we did well, you know, we never won a lot right in the beginning. It was kind of, you're finding your consistency. And uh, that was the hardest thing. A lot of the young cooks, you know, always struggle through that. You know, I still struggle this day's consistency, but we, we had fun. I think that was a turning point. You know, we really start, thought, hey, we could beat anybody. You know, we, we could be good at this. So, yeah, that's, I think there's always seminal moments like that, you know, where, you know, you can trace back to be like, okay, this, this could be something, you know which I think is really cool. You know, you guys have gone on to win a lot of different things throughout barbecue, but I think with the name Lucky's Q, we have to assume that there's some habits and rituals and routines and stuff that you guys have during competitions. Is that true? There's a few. And actually, you know, it's funny because I used to work construction kind of like as a, I worked it full time. Then I worked it as a, uh, sideline gig at nights and weekends and stuff and we were on a barn one day and a guy said to me it was he said something about you're the biggest damn leprechaun i ever seen because he asked what my last name meant or what nationality i said oh it's got some irish in it so then from then on it kind of stuck as lucky and all the guys i worked with all the time and it's funny because we always say in barbecue we're the unluckiest team because we always end up if there's a tiebreaker to lose, we'll lose it. You know, I've done it numerous times and it's kind of a joke, you know? Yeah. See, but you can't take that from old Virginia smoke, you know, it, (laughs) so this weekend there was a three-way tie for ninth, 10th and 11th pork was the wild child. Uh Oh, so whoever finished ninth, finished ninth, we finished 10th. And then the team that, that lost the tiebreaker to us finished 11th. They didn't enter the wild child. So the 12th place team, a really good friend of mine, Brian Walrath, ended up winning the money. And I was like, wow. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll take the 10th place, but damn. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And Kim was like, yeah, that's exactly how this goes. Yep. I feel your pain. Yeah. So what, give us some of these uh, rituals and habits. What do you got? What are some of the superstitions? You know, uh, it goes back to even like during prep week, if it's, it's stupid little things, like I have to do certain things on certain days, you know, um, I always mix my injections on Sundays, get them ready on Sundays and get uh, the brisket out on Sunday, Tuesday, brisket injection gets mixed every i don't care if i fly in somewhere i'm mixing it tuesday night at the condo or the hotel or whatever i'm staying at yeah you know it's little intricacies that you know a lot of people do but it's not you know nothing out of the norm you know we tried it for a couple of years we really got a little uh worried about the small things and then you know then your cooking goes downhill in my opinion so we just kind of we've eased up quite a bit over the years yeah we try, we try and make it as simple as possible. That's kind of been the way we're going. We we eliminate way more stuff before we add. <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally agree. You know, simplify things is so much better. Yeah. You know, everyone remembers their first contest where they show up, everything, but including a kitchen sink or, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, back of a pickup completely loaded. It takes you two and a half hours to load up, you know, all this stuff. And 
90% of the stuff you never used, you know, we've came a long way from then. <laughs> so are you a music guy while you're cooking? Well, you know that. Of course. What was, what was the one song we finally agreed on? I think uh, Sublime or... Sublime. We're both yeah, Sublime. Fans. You were yeah, a... I like... Uh, actually, Kate set up a, a playlist. So if we started at a certain time in the morning, we have certain songs that come on during turn-in. So, you know, we always listen to... Um, what is Pork Turn-In is Biggie Smalls. Uh, that... What's that? That's amazing. <laughs> um, that um, Billy Jean from uh, Los Pocadillas or whatever that is that comes <laughs> on of them, and you know it, it just it always is certain songs. You know, it kind of it's it's uh gets you used to the back in the feng shui. You know, whenever you're kind of doing turns. I'm not allowed to play that version of Billy Jean in the trailer anymore. It drives Kim crazy. She can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad gavin walks around singing it sometimes <laughs> I, it's just a brilliant song yeah but you're also a noted prince hater yes like, that's nobody's perfect luck <laughs> <laughs> so you talked a lot about you already spoke some about your competition week and it's the same thing every day that's something that i i think is so important to make sure that you know, you don't have to think about stuff whenever you're there on site and then it's done. One of the coolest things, though, that I think you guys do are the messages that Kate leaves for you on the sauce containers. Those are great. Yeah, I don't even know how that started. It was just a we were goofing around. It was probably somewhere where she'd been out with uh, too many girls drinking a few too many shots or something. And, you know, she always warms those up. And <laughs> it's just now I'm doing it and I'm sending pictures to her of the pictures I take or the, the sayings I put on them. <laughs> this, yeah, this weekend, Kim just risked it on top of the one and I was like, come on, little effort. <laughs> that, that didn't go over well. No, I bet not. One of the things we like to talk about a lot in barbecue is our successes and how we've won stuff. I like to talk a lot about failures and something that happens or something you did at a contest that was a massive failure that you learned from. Do you have any of those big type of things? I got two of them that stick in my mind. One, the most recent one was a Smithfield uh, championship down in New Orleans in 2019. And uh, if you're familiar with that, it was a meat provided contest. And I think they gave you a whole chickens or something mm -hmm. like that. And you know, we drove all the way down there and you, you got you to cook uh, or you got to win certain top 12 or whatever to go on the next day. And well, chicken turn in our chicken was really good. Uh, we had the thighs, but we decided to put pulled chicken in the bottom of the box. And when pulled chickens warm, it's, it's really, really good. <laughs> but when it 40, 50 degrees out and windy. That, that eliminated us. I still think about that to this day. You know, we've done it a few other times at the King of Smoker. It always makes you wonder if that's what hurt you that year, you know. That's one of them that always sticks in mind. And the second one is uh, we'll never, never, ever forget. We were down in uh, at the Royal. First year we went, I think it was 2000, I think 2011 or 2010. First year we GC'd. Anyways, uh, I was dumb. I... Uh, I had all my meats besides uh, chicken. I figured, oh, how hard is it to find chicken in Kansas City? 
<laughs> we were staying at Harrah's in North Kansas City there, and we went up the road, Googled a grocery store, went up there and bought, oh, they got this nice, nice Amish chicken. <laughs> okay. Bought it, trimmed it up. You know, they were pretty good-sized thighs. You know, skin was, you know, I wasn't scraping skins at this time. That was really not even talked about a whole lot, mm-hmm. you know. And it was some thick skins. Well, needless to say, I got done cooking those things. It looked like a little postage stamps on top of the, the chicken thighs. <laughs> and just rubber. I mean, it was it was really, really bad. We ended up getting two or three calls that day in the inv- invite. And we finished third overall, third or fourth overall. And uh, chicken was like almost bottom. Mm. To this day, it still haunts me that, you know, we, uh, we could have been, could have been a Royal champion, you know, because chicken was normally our better category than brisket. So did you rip those little skins off and go skinless? No. And, you know, looking back on it, that's what I do now. I turned them in and they were all shriveled up right on top, little potion stamps. It was horrible. <laughs> I can still see them in my mind when I think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah, especially in a contest of that magnitude, you know, and to think that that mistake might have cost you that crown. Which coincidentally, your family yeah. is not without a crown, though. Uh, a little G no, little no. man's got one. That was one of my favorite awards that ceremonies ever. <laughs> I got to rely on him to get it for me. <laughs> he's a he's a man of many talents, Gavin. He's a, he's a fantastic little kid. It's just great watching the kids' queue and how how much you guys are involved with that, as well as some of the other pitmasters around the country and and giving you know kids those opportunities because. You know, you look at the bar competition barbecue world. We've both been around now for eight, nine, ten years, and we're still the young guys. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of young people getting into the sport, um, which you know I think is has the potential to be a problem down the road. Yeah, you see, uh, a lot of these people are starting to realize, hey, this is a lot easier to go uh, camping or you know relax on the weekends and. You know, it's a lot of work at a contest and uh, people just think we go in a parking lot and drink beer and it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm whooped after the end of the weekend. Yeah, me too. And then driving 10, 12 hours to go, <laughs> go do it. That's always fun. No, it's horrible. <laughs> Stupidest hobby ever sometimes. Yep. Have you ever had a, a breaking point moment that you almost just threw in the towel on competition barbecue? I have, I've had twice in my career that I've been like that. We took last uh, in pork. And I can't remember if it was last overall or we were really close at the Sam's Club in Madison, Wisconsin. And I think that was like 16 or 14. I don't even remember. I'm terrible with the years. It kind of blurs together. <laughs> but after, you know, driving home from that, it was one of those you got five and a half hours to think about it. And I don't think. Kate and I said anything to each other for, it had to be two hours, hardly, you know, we're just astonished, but you know, you looked at the results and afterwards you're like, Oh, look at this team. You know, a lot of our good friends were there. And I think one of them made it on with like a 10th place. That was Tippy canoe, Uh you know, and he, that wasn't him, you know, pigskin. He was like 17th big T's was right at like 20th or whatever, you know, and it's like, you know, 
it was just the bad year. Um, you can attribute to that. And then the second time I've had it happen was uh, this last year, to be honest with you. You know, it was frustrating. Uh, I think a lot of cooks were that way. Um, you know, you're turning in good stuff. And we got a reserve in, like, Cedar Rapids. And, you know, the next weekend you think – next time you think you have just as good as cook, if not, you're, like, not even top ten. And it, it was just that all year, and it just the stuff you turned in, you you just sat on, you sat on your hands during awards. It was, it was frustrating. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people had the same frustrations last year, uh, um, and it wasn't. I don't think it was anything we were doing personally. You know, and that's a, the dumb thing in barbecue. You know, we all start <laughs> changing stuff, and you know, and then you got to go back and be like, all right, dumbass, what were you doing? You know. <laughs> Yeah, last year was tough because I just I just think with the pandemic and I think that a lot of the judges, the master judges were staying home, had a lot of newer judges and just everything was just weird. You know, I, we had a lot of those same frustrations. Let's switch gears here a little bit. Let's get into some into some gear questions. What's what's one of the best investments that you've made in competition barbecue? The best investments? Yeah. Anything? Yeah. That would be a trailer. Yeah. I mean, we cooked out of Easy Ups. I cooked out of an enclosed trailer. We, I mean, the first contest, we everything packed in the back of a truck, and I'm sure everyone's been there. Rained like no other. You know, the bottom of my WSM was about three quarters full of water by the end of the night, and you know, it was, it was horrible. And then we went to an enclosed trailer, and then we finally. You know, we bumped up to a toy hauler and pulling everything out. Everything's got to go back in, you know, at the same time. And you got to let the pit cool down and all this stuff. You know, once we got that porch trailer, it just opened up like, hey, this is easy. You know, <laughs> anybody that has one. You know? And not everyone can afford one. But, you know, it's it's like if you can get something that it just I can cook contests alone now. And it's not even a big deal. Right. Comfort and being out of the elements are really big deals and being able to get a good night's sleep. That's super important. So trailers are yes. big trailers a big investment. Do you have a purchase of a hundred dollars or less that has really impacted your barbecue life? Well, I, I think this might be stolen from Darren, the butcher paper. You know, everyone I see these people like prepping their meat on foil. And it's like, what are you I mean? come on now. I mean, foil is expensive and I, not knock anybody that does it, but like this roll of butcher paper, I buy one. It'll last me two years, you know, get the waxed, put it down first. I put like five layers down before chicken or whatever, and a couple underneath. I just will pick them up, throw them in the garbage and it's my table's clean again. It's like, especially when you're cooking alone, I get back from turnings. I don't have time to clean up, you know, it's just as important as like a disposable cutting board or anything like that as fast as I can clean up and be ready, you know, for the next turn. And you know that that's a lifesaver. And plus when I'm trimming, you know, that all that stuff goes on there. I do a quick wipe of the table. It's done. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's mind numbing watching people. I couldn't imagine putting foil out. Plus the, you know, my lights would reflect off it. It, it drive me insane. I don't know how people do it. I don't know. I guess that's just, that's just me. No, that's a really good one. I hadn't, cause I do that too. And I stole it from Darren as well. And, yeah, it's a life changer in the in the trailer. It's just like 
folded up, trash can, next meat. Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah, I even I even put my butter out on it and my spoons for when I'm warming sauce, you know. It's just stuff that you know, paper towel sticks to everything, you know, and soaks through. At least this stuff you just set out and it's I don't know. I think it's a game changer in my opinion, especially, you know, I'm kind of a neat freak sometimes. No, <laughs> not you. <laughs> You're not OCD at all, what? No, never. <laughs> so do you use a lot of technology in your approach? I know you cook on a stump, so you're running a guru. I run a guru just so, you know, I'm kind of, I used to do the overnight cook and then bump it up. Now I'm, I just light it at night so I can wake up, kick the temp up. Yeah. Um, I use a guru and I do have the, what are they? Thermal works uh, products, you know, dots or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, half the time. I put them in and the meat's done. I mean, after <laughs> I foil, it's like, it, it's kind of a dummy proof thing for me. I, one thing that I've changed, I started using those in chicken. I do it during the cook. So I know when to wrap. I do that. It stays in the whole time, even after I pull it off and it sits on the counter, you know, you can see what the carryover is. So if it's not, you know, you don't want to roast it or something. Yeah, It's amazing. If you watch that stuff, how much your meat actually does carry over, you know, everyone talks about it. They never actually measure it, you mm-hmm. know, and if you watch, you watch a probe, it's insane how much stuff will actually carry over when it's foiled. The thermo, thermodynamics involved in our sport, I think they don't get enough talk because um, there's so many, you know, things to consider when you're putting food in a cold Cambro or you, know, yep. you, leave, you leave it outside on the porch and it's 30 degrees out there. I mean, that can have huge, huge effects on your meat. Yeah, those are about the biggest technology I use. I'm not a, you know, big big proponent of that. Right, right. I used to take a laptop and would hook my guru up to that. (laughs) And so I could track, you know, the temperature all throughout the night. On the third laptop, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. This doesn't even matter. (laughs) No, it doesn't. I've seen people do that, you know. Uh, I had the Wi-Fi. You ever try one of the Wi-Fi controllers? Oh, yeah. yeah. You spent more time screwing around with it because it disconnected all the time or whatever. Then you'd be like, I don't know what I'm looking for. You know, it's like, I just get up and look in the trailer. <laughs> you know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> the best thing that we ever did was we got a, a baby camera. We just <laughs> sat, it, sat it there it, when we had the backwoods and just put it out right on the guru. And then just open your phone and look at it. <laughs> That's an awesome idea. I never even thought about that. <laughs> it was a good one. And uh, yeah, we used it. And then you could talk through it. Like if somebody was near your porch, like, hey, <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into people and people who have affected and influenced you in barbecue. Who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? I got a couple big influencers, you know, back in the day when the whole cornbread and Iowa barbecue was just killing it, you know, um, Scott Nelson, he was kind of tight lipped a little bit, but, uh, like big T's Ryan Newstrom, um, uh-huh. uh, canoe, you know, we're all friends and you know, that's the biggest thing. Like y- you all kind of talk, like they might not give you everything, but they're going to give you those tidbits. And I think they helped me a lot. You know, and then I, I, another one, I, I got to say, you know, Sterling, I got in through him with, um, uh, I met Sterling through Scott Nelson down in Vegas one time at the, I think it was a world food. 
back in the backyard of Bally's or parking lot. And the, it was kind of scary, but um, we cooked a couple of days back there and I got introduced to Sterling and he, he's like, Hey, you know, he contacted me later on. That's when he kind of started those elite teams. And, you know, he introduced me to a lot of different flavors and cooking techniques. And, you know, he helped me out a lot over the years. You know, I talk to him still probably once a week or twice a week now. Yeah. He's got but a lot of wife, you know, I hate to say it. <laughs> a lot of institutions. I hate to say my wife. Your wife? Yeah. Of course. She's the one that pushes. Yeah, she pushes me, man. You know, you got to have that because I hate to say it. She, uh, she, she's like, oh, let's go do this. And then when the practice cook, if it's cold out or something, she's like, do it anyways, you know, and, and she has to eat it, which she enjoys, but <laughs> you know, everyone. No, Kate is uh, one of the people, Kim and Leanne are going to interview teammates as a little subset of this. And uh, I can't wait for the Kate episode. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> I know she was sitting there talking to me about this interview now. And she's like, you should say this. It'd be so funny. You should say this. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I can't wait for that one. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> so when you hear the word successful in terms of barbecue, who's the first person that comes to mind? That's a tough one. Uh, I think successful has a lot of meanings to me, you know, successful in competition barbecue, you know, you, everyone always says like Darren or, you know, like I even go back to like, you know, successful as in, you know, Donnie Teal or, you know, those people that have been doing it for so long that they can still do it and they're still contending when they go to a contest. There's also successful, you know, like look at, you know, Mike Mills and the, you know, stuff like that, that, that was very successful in the barbecue business. I have a different, I have a lot of respect for people like that that can do it so many years. To me, that's kind of how I measure success in my mind. You, you can love to do something so long and uh, be good at it that long. That, that is a lot of, that takes a lot. I mean, right. <laughs> you got the ups and downs. You, you go through all those valleys and, you know, you never know when, when the next up's going to hit or the next down's going to hit, you know, as well as I do, that happens fast. Yep. And you got to ride the hot streak as much as you can. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys set goals before the year for yourself? Oh, it's usually just kind of what our schedule, what we're going to cook, you know, yeah. for the most part, we, uh, we don't really, we're never going to chase team of the year overall. You know, we wanted to win a category at one time. I got second to you, by the way, one time, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, I think I I've gotten second, like three times in a category twice to Darren and once to you, I think, but you know, that's never really a priority to us. You know, if you set a goal like that going out early in the year, I think you're just setting yourself up for a failure, um, in my opinion, because you put so much pressure on yourself. We cook our best and we just go out and have fun. I think a lot of people could heed that advice is just to relax, you know, have fun and go cook. Have a good time. That's, that's one of our operating mantras with Old Virginia Smoke, like, We'll drive past four contests to go cook with people that are going to be a good time and just come back and be like, wow, we got one call, but man, that was a fun weekend. <laughs> I totally agree. This is a fun question. 
because you guys are a little bit different out there in the Midwest. Out this way, people take it take this super serious, but you guys have no problem engaging in psychological warfare out there, and you know doing a little bit of psyching out and you know talking shit and stuff like that. Do you engage in that type of behavior? Yes, <laughs> I w- I will say that you know ninety nine percent of the time I'm hundred I'm hundred and ten percent accurate. Let's say that <laughs> that makes me sense, but. Uh, I will. There's certain group, especially uh, some, I'll say some of my Minnesota friends, uh, not chicken and grin, by the way, uh, <laughs> that they are known to be excessive sugars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes we will, you know, I'll have stuff out on the counter when they I know they're coming by or just just as a ploy, you know, like a rub. And then they always ask me about it. Is it something like off the wall? or something different or what do you use that for? And I'll just set them, Oh, this is this one. And then, you know, dang well, that they're going back to the trailer and writing down notes or something. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's all in good fun. I mean, if they ever have a serious question, they use, I usually tell them a good answer. I remember uh, when we cooked next to each other, King of the smoker and I was getting ready to engage in the tender quick brisket trick. <laughs> and you're sitting there trimming chicken. You didn't even look up and you just went, man, people are still doing that tender quick trick. <laughs> and I was like, I just looked at my wife and I went, Oh man, this is brutal. <laughs> I have, I've honestly never done that to this day. I don't do it anymore based on that one experience. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Are you a feel cook? Are you a timeline cook? You get gut feelings out there when you should do something and they don't make sense? Yeah, I get gut feelings. You know, I can walk out my trailer and I can tell you pork's done. I can smell it. Um, it's kind of weird. I just, it's one of those six senses that you get when you cook a lot. Um I don't do it by a timeline that drives me insane that people that have 942, I got to do this. You know, if it's 935 or 930 or, you know, I got a lucky beer at 10 o'clock, I'm going to push it back a little, you know, that's kind of what my, how I cook. We don't say that this time. And I know when my, the time area of my brisket should get done. My chicken's all done by temp, you know, you know, ribs are one of those things that it kind of changes not every rack of ribs is the same, you know, not everything's exactly the same. You can weigh all you want, you know, and do all that stuff, but I don't think everything's exactly the same. Um, but I do a lot of feel, you know, it's just kind of how things are feeling that day. Things color up different, you know, though it's drier out. It's, you know, Iowa, we deal with moisture, you know, the humidity, you know, not so much the heat or anything. So yeah, yeah it's, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough you, sometimes. You can smell when your pork's done. But have you ever tasted your competition pork? Unfortunately, yes, it's horrible. <laughs> horrible. Little- I remember. I, I guess I don't know if people know. I I can't eat pork, so yeah, I'll say that publicly. <laughs> I had it. We were having a pork and rib trouble, so I did some practice, and I remember biting in a rack of ribs and I spit it out right away. But I just said, man, this is the crap we turn in. You know, it's just, it goes back probably 20 years since last time I like actually eaten pork. 
you know, like ribs. And I, I was like, man, this does not taste anything like it, you know, because back then it was just, it was not all this sweet and, right. you know, all that stuff. And it's just like, that's not appetizing to me. If I was a judge, I'd just, I'd hammer it. <laughs> I really would. Yeah, you're one of the best pork cooks in the world. <laughs> it's amazing. I have my days. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you? The correct answer, let's say, is the amazing answer is, is the friends I've made. Um, you know, I can I can talk to a bunch of people and be like, hey, I got a buddy out in Virginia or a buddy out in California. You know, we got so many different people that we associate with and, you know, I can call or get a hold of them and say, Hey, you know, I'm coming out to their hood, getting gear. And, you know, look at me, their shirt off their backs, basically like help you out. You know, as well as I do, it's, it's amazing. Um, I think that's the most surprising thing that you didn't realize getting into is how people are so giving and, and the friendships that evolve out of it, you know, and I still get together with people that don't cook, you know, which is the amazing thing. It's just, we're still friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's been a great thing that's that we've experienced as well, and and we we always say too the places that we've got to go and parts of the country that we've got to see. You know, we never go to some of those places. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, my kids are spoiled; <laughs> they really are. Especially Gavin. I mean, he's been to California two or three times, and Colorado, out in Frisco, in the mountains, like three times, and. You know, we're going to Florida in April now, taking both of the kids. And it's like, I never got to do that stuff. I mean, it was, it's insane. That'll be a fun contest down in Florida. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. That'd be a good time. What do you think is missing from competition barbecue these days? I think people need to be humble, you know, and I, I'm not saying that being cheesy. I'm saying that just like, you know, you got so many people that are not good winners, and they're not good losers either. You know, it's like you got to find that fine line. Everyone loves to win, but you got to you got to learn to lose. And uh, I think competition barbecue needs more people that are appreciative of the people that do these things. You know, instead of just because they get the bad scores at a contest, they go on Facebook and bash them. It drives me insane. It's like you just want to kill this contest. I mean, as organizers more than likely not making money on this or, you know, the, the organ, the charity or the foundation they're working for, you know, that they're, if they're making a profit that goes to a good cause and they go out there and bash it just because there's a couple judges gave them some sixes, you know, right. And we all need to strive to be better people. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think separates a good pit master from a great pit master? last minute decisions and you know before that box goes in um i think one of the best examples of that is tim shear you know he has he i've been i cooked next to him in a guinea pig a few years back and he had the worst looking pork and it was it was insane i mean it was bad and he he was complaining the whole time and I think he ended up winning pork that day, but you know, so he did those last minute decisions and last minute changes that turned that from a, you know, 10th place or 20th place pork box to first place, you know? And I think that, that, uh, that's the biggest difference between a good pit master and the best, the, the best pit master, excuse me. Yeah. He's, 
He's a great finisher, but it's it's fun to watch the journey to when he gets to that part. <laughs> it's painful sometimes, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to move into our rapid fire questions here at the end. These are my favorite ones to ask. And oh, uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. You already, you already answered the first one about what, what do you see on uh, social media about barbecue that upsets or bothers you? <laughs> oh, I see a lot. Yeah, there's I, so much. <laughs> it's so much. It, one of my biggest things and i actually when i found i was coming on here this is the one i thought about the most because how do i distinguish one thing that actually pisses me off and i think the biggest thing is is cooks not appreciating like the companies that are putting money into barbecue i don't care if you cook xyz pork versus you know x pork you know whatever it is it's it's like they want to put this money into a contest that you can go cook and they are bad mouthing them. You know, it's like, it's like cutting off your own foot, you know, and it's like, okay, then next year they complain there's no contest. Well, you know, just support them. I don't care if, you know, I'm promoting one pork company or one other company. You don't have to bad mouth them. And I think that's, that's my ultimate gripe on social media is just, uh, you know, people just need to learn to just calm down and, you know, you'll, you'll never, I don't think I've ever done it if badmouth another company, you know, especially if they're putting them into our, our sport that we love, if you call it a sport, I guess. <laughs> That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, somebody, uh, I was talking with somebody the other day and they said, uh, they said just because there's a soapbox in the middle of the street doesn't mean you need to go stand on it and scream your opinion. And no, I think that everyone could learn from that a little bit these days. Amen. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite pre, during, or post competition meal? We I eat a lot of turkey sandwiches <laughs> during. Um, you know, we are we were known. I had a guy that called me Mister Subway for years. Because every day at Friday, on Friday at noon, we got Subway. Well, one, I'm, I'm rolling in a contest like, you know, last minute. So, you know, like oh, there's a Subway in every damn town and it's easy to get, you know. Um, those are our kind of pre or during meals. Post, you know, I like a, just the good old, the Chinese or the something like not barbecue. <laughs> and not a lot of meat for the most part. You know, I'm a, that, that simple, you know, a salad, yeah. <laughs> give something easy. Salad or sushi is what we normally get, get into. It's uh, yeah. Kate had her sushi, first sushi the other night. Really? Well, it was, it was just a roll, but you know, it was a crispy one, but that was her first experience. Wow. <laughs> it was amazing. She's like, Oh my God, this is really good. <laughs> wow. I think I know where we're going to have to go in Jacksonville then. Yep. I think she needs to get a full experience with a, a good place. Absolutely. Wow, that's going to be fun. So do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? Well, besides nudie calendars to other guys. <laughs> that's my favorite. You know, I think, I think everyone knows that we are very generous with, like, food. You know, Kate's Pumpkin Bars, they're, they're pretty much Legend. known around the nation. She always has goodies. Like at the Royal, she she likes to make uh, breakfast sandwiches for people. You know, just little things like that. We always have Friday night dinners. I mean, 
Uh, I don't think Dustin from Hogline will eat unless we're there because he never really thinks about food. I don't think unless we're cooking something, you know, so um, it's just stuff like that. We, I think that that's the biggest thing. We'd like to give food to people, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think there, you're pretty much, you know, right there on the sleeve. Are there, are there any misconceptions out there about you? I don't know. Is there? I don't think think so. I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty, pretty genuine guy. You're good at helping people learn how to fish in a lake. You know, (laughs) they're all good life skills. I I think I call them like I see them, man. You know, that's about the way it is. Yeah. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it be? I think one of the sayings I always go back to is breathe in, breathe out, move on. Yeah. And that could pertain to a lot of stuff in life, you know, just like even barbecue or not barbecue. I mean, how important is some of the things people get all worked up about? Is it going to affect you tomorrow, the next day, the next day, whatever, you know, that, that's kind of one of the things I always, that that's the one saying I really like the most, you know, but the other one I always joke around with because I deal with people a lot is, uh, Poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. And that that can go back to uh, a lot of things because, you know, people always think they're the top priority and they're usually not. (laughs) And why should I make you a priority if you're not going to make you a priority? That's not exactly (laughs) you can you can read that one a lot of ways. And I can't be too public when I say that, I don't think. Last question. What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? I'm speechless on this one. Wow. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I know about you that's really absurd. Not really. No. Mm-mm. Nope, you're a big MeUndies fan. I mean, that's good. Yeah, you never bought me a pair, though. No, I, I didn't. No, that's strange. It's weird talking about it like that. Uh, you've recently gotten into bourbon. That's awesome. Yeah, that's becoming a se- obsession almost. It's a really dark alley to go down, and it's never ending. <laughs> yeah. I, f- I feel bad walking in the same stores looking at bourbon all the time. They look at me funny. <laughs> they got a word for that, buddy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Justin, I want to thank you for being on here. You want to mention out your sponsors. You're also a big papa cooking for uh, kids team. There's been a lot of good, a lot of good going on out about that right now and what Papa did last last year in 2020. And uh, you know, maybe talk about the who you guys support a little bit. Yeah, Sterling. I mean, he's he's supported us like I said earlier a lot over the years. Um, we had a this year's or last few years of charities, Bo's beautiful, beautiful blessings. They made a park down in uh, a town about in Cedar Falls, about a half hour from us, 20 minutes. And it's uh, where all kid, kids can play together. It's not just a special needs park. It's uh, any kid can play so they can all play together. And it's, it's huge. I mean, you go down there in the summer, it's just packed with kids and uh, that, that money that he donates, you know, through cooking with kids, uh, cooking for kids, it's, it's just amazing. 
she is so giddy about it every year. And, you know, she, she's the very social media type too. And she loves seeing all that and she follows it along, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that's a big thing for us. We love doing that. You know, we like to be as relative as possible, just, you know, trying to cook as many contests to make it like we are, you know, being, you know, in, up in the standings and stuff. But, and then uh, we're with Tyson uh, this year or last year. And then this year again, uh, mm-hmm. we, we like them because we can get their product. I mean, it's, it shows up at my door and, you know, even, even if I need to run to the store, I can get it at a local grocery store here in town. It's great. Um, you know, Walmart was carrying it for a while. It's kind of hard, you know, everyone that does any type of uh, barbecue knows that meat procurement is the worst or the hardest thing to come by, you know, and to have something consistent is great. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we've teamed up over the years uh, this year again with uh, uh, Blues Hog. Um, Tim, he's one of those guys, I think people would hear us talk at contests, they'd think we hate each other, but I think Tim and I, we get along pretty good and I I love their products, uh, you know, and we, we try to, we try to spread, you know, as much word about all that stuff as possible, but you know, it's fun. It's good time. It's just only so many hours in a day. Yep. You're right. You're right. Well, Justin, thank you for being on and uh, look forward to seeing you here next month or two months. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. Next week, we will have our first episode with Kim and Leanne doing our teammate series, and they will be interviewing Sean Gillespie from Smoking Hogs. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021. Old Virginia Smoke.